You're listening to the Restraining Hollywood Podcast, where entertainment isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. On tonight's episode, the boys welcome horror aficionados Christopher Gropp and Ryan Chadley. We're rolling. And this is uh, 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 episode six. Real special one. We got uh, uh, writer, director, Ryan Shadley, and uh, the infamous production king, Christopher Gropp, along with me and Elliot DeVinney here. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Guys, kick it off. Someone take it, because i got to take a sip of this beverage. Um, <clears throat> well, hi. That's what I've grown to expect from Brandon. <laughs> like, for, for an intro, like, here I am, and now you guys take it. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't here for most of the other ones. He just got up left. I, well, I was either getting pranked or letting people in, so. <laughs> yeah, what's the yeah, um, <clears throat> What now? What do we do? Uh, Talk about stuff. Usually, there's like a, a launch question or topic to get oh, things going. Uh, but <laughs> usually, there's some sort of mediate. Oh, oh, mediator. Wait, hey, how about you introduce yourself so people know it's you? Hi, my name is Ryan Shadley. I am uh, a said Ryan Shadley from before that uh, Brandon introduced us as Chris. Can you imagine Brandon is like a Jay Leto? And he right, <laughs> he's just sitting there phone. waiting for me. They're like, yeah, oh, come on, uh-huh. guys, uh-huh. guys. But meanwhile, during the show, his Facebook's updated, and there's twit pics of the guests sitting there looking at him like, what the hell's going on? So, but anyway, like, well, it hurts. Play. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> it hurts. I guess we could play the clip, and Brad's like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> My phone's a foot away. Let come me on. find it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Completely unsocially networked. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-social <laughs> network. Probably shouldn't have put a uh, mint in my mouth right before we uh, started this. Let's uh, let's start with Fright Night remake. Yay or nay? I'm slightly horrified. Number one, no need for a remake. It looks like The Lost Boys rather than Fright Night. I haven't seen any footage of Peter Vincent, who was yeah. a huge part of the first. Oh, Brewster! <laughs> footage of you haven't seen the other trailer with uh, with Peter Vincent? Peter Vincent. Yeah, no. the magician. Yeah, I saw it. Wait, who's, but, but I think. Cousins, I think. I think there's a the, 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 the major flaw there is when you're updating something like Fright Night, and I'm surprised they didn't ask me. But what I would have done is look at <laughs> back in the eighties. <laughs> back in the eighties, we had horror hosts, and they were really popular and a whole lot of fun. You're watching your syndicated cable channels and everything. So been like Goulardi here, right? And now, yeah. okay, so let's update it modern times. What's really popular? Reality television. Ghost Hunters, Ghost Ooh, Adventures. So yeah, why not good. have the kid be somebody who's really into these programs and then go after somebody like that that's a television personality rather than a Vegas magician because you're still right. then tying into the horror aspect of it and uh, the theatrics smart. of it. Um, but again, you know, my phone didn't ring, so I just kind of kept that idea right. to myself. No, then that'd be, that'd be great. He's like this, you know, little hunter. He's got like MCTC kids following around with a camera, right? Going right. Across. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't believe in what he's doing necessarily. You know, he's trying to convince other people that it's real. Kind of like, yeah, we won't name names, but the oh, the guy from uh, <laughs> the the ghost, ghost hunting no, expedition that yeah. went on earlier this yeah, year. What is that show? Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures, man. Dude was a that wedding dude DJ. Dude is a dork. He was a wedding DJ. Yeah. Before the hey, show. Hey, I DJed a couple weddings. Come on now. Um, <laughs> they ended up getting divorced. Right, sorry. but you're also not the utmost authority. Well, 
okay, Illuminati and aliens and stuff yeah. like that. We got you there, but you don't have your own show. I am going to kill you. I know. Uh, I'm going to slap you. But yeah, you're right. That guy would have been hilarious because he actually would have had to man up, you know, in the movie, you know, and exactly. actually do something like, much I don't like, believe this crap. I'm going to do like it Peter to like Vincent. promote myself, you yeah. know, like my tattoos and my uh, tap out shirts and my, uh, What's you know, going on, affliction, ghosts? you know, and. Oh, God. How can you say that while you're wearing an affliction shirt, dude? Oh, come on. Whatever. I'll tap you out. Yeah, yeah. How many Fright Nights were there? Two. Two glorious Fright Nights. The second one's good as well? No. I really like the second I one. I don't think it's that I great. thought it was fun. It's okay. I like the effects. Yeah. They're very well, good. Was there something else going on? It's almost on like your sister is a vampire, you right, know, like, exactly. you know, howling too. But, you know, then they, they brought in the werewolf and the dude right, who ate bugs. Right. And, oh, wow. Yeah, the effects are way more interesting to me than the, because uh, I had that, uh, you know, horror effects magazine, yeah. and they did a breakdown, I believe. Mark Sostrom did it. Maybe? I'm not sure who did the effects. But anyway, it was like, oh. Yeah, but all I, I guess now that you mentioned that, that's all I can remember about that film. Like, the you effects. know. The, the window closing on the werewolf's nails and them yeah, popping off funny. and then flying right. down and stuff like that. Who, who directed that? Burt you know? Reynolds. Which one? I do not Part know two. who directed that. I don't think it was... You know what's interesting, speaking of... I'm sorry to totally switch, yeah, but I just what? watched The Fly Part 2 the yeah. other night. Yeah. That was written by Mick Garris and Frank Darabont. Did you know that? <laughs> I know. What? I know. Yes! And, and like two brothers or a brother and a sister or maybe a wife and a husband team, something wheat... But anyway, uh, story by Mick Garris and uh, directed by Chris Wallace, who did the effects for the first one yep. and won an Oscar for it. Oh, nice. Very interesting. Well and not deserved. a very good film. Uh-oh. I mean, no, it's no, okay. No, no. No, it's, it's okay. It's... Chris, I'm sorry if you're listening. The, uh... the, the best part of the film, yeah, the best part of the film was the dog. Yeah, the mangled dog. Oh, I felt that. so bad for the dog. Me too, but, then he but got it was not that good. No, he wasn't. But again, It wasn't a real dog, no, no, no. dude. And, and Sometimes it... when effects are off, they creep me out more than when something is photorealistic. Right. Like, okay, Ryan's right. not wearing an Affliction shirt. He's wearing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt. And the Thank first you. time I saw that when I was a kid, the blood didn't look right to me. It looked right. like Crayola paint or something. And that freaked me out more I than when I saw... I feel the same way about Dawn of the Dead. Oh, absolutely. It was like tempera paint. Oh, yeah. Tempera paint or yeah, something. You even, know? The, it's like, even the makeup was like... Well, yeah. just kind of It was offsetting. It was and you know, weird. Yeah. And it's how, you know, unsettlingly bad. Yeah. Very bad. Very bad. What else we got coming out horror-wise? Final Destination Five. Oh, five! No, are you five, serious? No, yeah, it's five. Right? It's Dude, they're on five. five already. Yeah, I missed three and four. And again, it's unfortunate. Like the trailers, it's the same old formula. They didn't call me again, but I think if they're if they're going to continue <laughs> doing the series, what I'd like to see is a single contained event. Rather than there's the cataclysmic event and everybody figures out, right. oh, death's got a mission and we got to get rid of it. So why not put them on a cruise ship and oh. have something happen where this, you know, there's whatever, hit an iceberg, I don't care. But the ship is in peril and these people are trying to escape and get to a lifeboat or something like that. And almost shoot it as if it's in real time. But the things keep happening right. that are knocking them off one by one. So we don't have to sit through the same old yeah. death's coming well, what for if you. They are on a ship. They hit Bermuda Triangle. Aliens abduct him, and the Illuminati's behind it. There's one Uh, man that wouldn't be surprised by that. Hello, that's been done a million times. And he's wearing white sunglasses inside a house on a cloudy day. (laughs) Dude, it's always dark in here. And an (laughs) election shirt. That I borrowed from Elliot. Absolutely. Um, First first and second one. I think the second one is fantastic. Yes. One of the things from the second one that stands out to me is I saw the, the script 
And I think everybody can agree that the highway accident in that film is fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. And on the page, all it says is, there is an accident on the highway, the carnage is immeasurable. <laughs> and from that, David Ellis drew oh, out that whole the sequence. But that's yeah. the, it's the dudes that did um, Butterfly Effect, right? Like that's, they did that while they were trying to get Butterfly Effect sold, from what I understand. James brother. Morgan and Ashton Kunster is so yummy in that <laughs> film. Yes. Kuchner. Yeah, I mean, that's like that, that, that highway scene is like one of the most intense it's amazing. scenes I've ever seen. And I think that was the high point for the series for me. Yeah. I mean, well, the plane crash had the same thing in the first one. That was also... It was bad. great, but I liked the highway a lot better. Yeah, it was and more, then, more elaborate for sure. Yeah. With the semi-truck? Yeah. They should do a um, Final <laughs> Destination in Antarctica at an ice station research base. I have an idea. And some guy has <laughs> uh, maybe like some premonition of, I don't know, maybe a... Alien organism taking over everyone. I think that's an interesting what? idea. I think that's an interesting oh, no. idea. The Thing Part 2. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Duh. I love that the remake of The Thing is called The Thing. So what if the... Oh, excuse me. Not the remake. The prequel. So let's say the prequel does well, and they want to make a sequel. Would the sequel, in the fact, things. be a remake of right. The Thing, then? What do we do? Are they doing another thing? I talked to one of the it producers. He's going to call... The things. Yeah, it oh, comes out in October. Have we talked about this, by the way? Like, Rob Bettine, apparently, supposedly, according to blog messages, was that you were saying that? Let or? people know who Rob Bettine is. Rob Bettine is the makeup genius who was 21 years old when he did all the uh, <clears throat> effects for The Thing. And they are still immeasurably up there, untouched ever for practical makeup effects. Um, Until Popery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That oh was an ego-stroking plug right there. Wow, oh, thanks, man. My uh, penis just got a little harder. Uh, it did. I can harder. see it. Yeah. Drink more. Uh, yeah. Drink more. It'll go away. <laughs> My penis just split open like a dog's head. Anyway. Um, Get this guy some diet Supposedly, they, yeah. they approached him to do it, right? Is that yeah. what you were saying? Yeah. No, uh, Tim, Tim, Tim was saying? Yeah. yeah, and I was absolutely horrified to hear that possibly Robertine may or may not be a uh, out of the business due to drugs drugs and uh, addiction and stuff. Had some jobs, had like some that opportunities. Is, that is absolutely horrifying to me, yeah. you know, but... What kind of drugs is he... Does anyone know this oh, problem? Oh, just debilitating pot addiction. Pot? <laughs> oh, like there is such a thing. <laughs> Try the Oxycontin. It's wonderful today. Oh, yeah. Dude, he fucking walked you know into that pharmacy and was like... Give me five bottles of Oxycontin or I'll blow the place up. And then tried to go play the show. Yeah. And they fucking tracked him down. I mean, how I love their that. record sales. Probably. Absolutely. And for those of you who can't see, that was through the roof was the symbol that he, oh, okay. he did. Yeah. Well, he's not recording. <laughs> oh, I am. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> well, we'll do a yeah, through there, the roof there, like there sound effect. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Rather than a crash and burn, just, which is the other yeah, option. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that roof explosion <laughs> sound. Um, so there's a thing prequel coming out. Correct. Who's doing it? What's the guy's name? I can't even remember. I think it's his like first French second Johnson. Not yeah. that I'm aware of that uh, has done anything memorable. Starring but... it's in it's if I remember right, it's the hap- what happens at the Norwegian station. Whoa. Stays at the Norwegian. Yeah, what, I'm, what yeah. I'm worried about is the uh, though, like, how are they going to do the? Uh, it, it should all be in Norwegian. I really hope it's all in Norwegian. It's not at all. You, have really? you seen the trailer? No. Yeah. No. At all. I don't think I have actually. 
very, I mean, come on, you know, at least in like uh, Hunt for October, they all start out in Russian and then they do a push into the mouth yep. and then it speaks English and they Which pull out, you know, and then <laughs> fantastic. Or pull out, pull out, sorry. Yeah. And, um, and that's great, that kind you of know show. what I mean? Like that's good one, you know, I mean, come on, you know, like just don't. Man, and then there's gonna be like a love interest. There's like some hot chick at the she's frickin'... the lead. The thing has a love interest. Mary Elizabeth the... Winstead. Yeah, she's the lead. I mean, really, oh, really, yeah. with all this stuff going on, you know. No offense, I'm not. I don't know. I, they... She's not. What I loved muscle. about plenty of offense. What I loved about the first thing is there are no women in it. I mean, it is just a like dudes freaking like, freaking out. Like, you like, know, right? like. Yeah. yeah, it is awesome. The movies for guys that like guys. Predator had a yeah. woman. It did. Well, it did, and apparently they wanted a love though. interest in Predator. <laughs> no. You know that, right? right. No. I'm and sorry. Arnold, of all people, was like, I don't think that the uh, you know if I was in the woods being chased by this monster, <laughs> I'd uh, be interested in sex. You, you know, you it's like, think, uh, yeah. Do you think the woman good one, Predator is a good addition, or would would it be, would it have been better without? Uh, you kind of need her just for exposition. You yeah. know, right. she, she told the story. Hot, the, only in the hottest months. Well, he I, must have wanted it. The I, butcher who make uh, no no the demon who make butcher of man. Butcher. I remember as a kid that was the thing that that kept me feeling safe was that Predator only killed guys with guns. He makes trophies of men. They look like butchered. Oh. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> this only happens in the hottest months, and yes, in this year it grows hot. Yet another McTiernan movie reference. Yeah, wow. Should we talk about 13th Warrior or Rollerball or... (laughs) Hans, booby! No, 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 wiretapping. Oh, Oh, is that what? Yeah, it was that Anthony Pelicano wiretapping thing. He lied to the feds about his involvement in wiretapping. Oh, really? Yeah. I hate when that happens. Should we talk about Shane Black? Yes. Who the fuck is that? Shane Black. (laughs) I'm kidding, dude! I know that is! Shane Black in Predator, his character was supposed to be wearing a red beret. But he didn't want to, and then after they made the change, he's like, dude, you should have worn the red beret because then you stand out. And he's like, oh, that's <laughs> what it is. Darn it. So that's why he added the Sergeant Rock comic. He definitely stood out. His glasses made him I thought out. so, absolutely. I mean, he's fine, you know. Like, I think so, too. And he's kind of the, the, no offense to Shane, but he's kind of the smaller guy. You yeah. You know, like everybody else is just ripped to ah, total hell. Yeah. Right, right. They should just yeah. call that movie Muscles. So clearly <laughs> he must have been really smart because he couldn't Very rely smart. on his muscles. Big glasses. Yeah, exactly. Super smart. Right. Yeah. And he reads. Oh, yeah. comics. That's right, his glasses. <laughs> and he reads. The, the other guys glasses. are just like, you know, chewing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real nasty oh, habit yeah. you got there. <laughs> My friend's father used to be the lawyer for Fox, and he said, and this I think was on the documentary too, I can't remember, but they had a team of bodyguards for Sonny Landon, the, right. the guy that played Billy, to protect everybody else from him because he would rampage with alcohol and drugs. Really? Yeah. I want to hang out with him. Yeah. Did you see he the ran for the scenes? Senate too, by the way? Oh, well, which of course. Makes the third drugs and politics third go member hand in hand. of the Predator. Commando team to run for office. If you got stuck with one member of the Predator team and you wanted to feel safe, it would be Billy. I don't know. Really. Uh, I'd go with Ventura. I'd be, I'd kill be he's got a gentle yeah. smile. Yeah. Well, he's just like, Billy seemed to have, he could, wasn't he, he had some, he could track Well, he was a tracker, but really smart, Jesse Ventura had, had Billy Beats. He had that whole, like, Native American thing going where it's like pride and, you know, like, I will, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. If wait, I, not, not does Ventura good. have the Gatling gun? If I, I was going to say, like, if I, was on, if I was in New Orleans during Mardi Gras or something, maybe I'm hanging out with Billy. <laughs> but if I'm in the jungle, I'm with the one man who can carry a machine gun that was previously only mounted on a helicopter. Right. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's my choice. I would totally, I, I, I honestly would be uh, Arnold. I would just be like a baby monkey on Arnold's back the entire time. I would just be like a freaking, like, like, are you... <laughs> 
Like a Siamese twin? No! Yeah. I'm a freaking fetus! <laughs> I had to be Don't hanging out in this. Don't mind me! Yep. Hanging out in this Help fanny me. pack. Don't give me a weapon! Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't help you. I can tell oh, jokes like, or something over here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, so, was that, had Shane Black been acting before that? He, I think he had bit parts before that. Like cameos, But right? yeah. That was after Lethal Weapon, correct? Yes. He was known as a writer, year. and he rewrote. Right. Predator was 87. Right. Yes. And Lethal Weapon was 84. It might have been earlier that. I don't think so. Oh, okay. It was 85. Oh. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah. You got your phone on your Internet's hand. running a little slow right now. I just, but yeah. Um, days are dark. Obviously, you guys know my love for Shane Black. I think he is the best buddy yeah. Action movie writer of all time, and I'm really thrilled to see that he's doing Iron Man three. Yeah, so you, that's exciting to me. Is it, is yeah, it, is it, is that's it, awesome. I was over at your place, babysitting Dax, and you're on your way back from that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, get, and you're like, get the fuck out of Dodge. Oh, don't like, no, you be messing with me. I just read it on the internet on Twitter. <laughs> is it safe to assume you're a last last action hero fan? I am actually. Okay, I, am I, I am a too. last action hero fan. I like that movie. I don't know why. It's a good like bad it. movie. It's a good bad movie. It's fun. That's a fun yeah. movie. Smoking soundtrack. Oh give me, yeah. Give me some Alice in Chains. Yeah. Give me some Fishbone. Yeah. Give me some Megadeth. Live Aerosmith. Megadeth. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Angry again. That's got the best yeah. bass riff. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I like that movie. It's so on the theater. I'm like, what the hell's the problem here? This I know. Fun. I, everybody it's wanted to hate it for some reason. I agree. It was a lot of fun. Like it works really well as a parody. Absolutely. It probably would have been. It's like, it's exactly it's like it Scream to action movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Or like, what, how, eight years before Scream or something? Ten years? I don't oh, know. It, it came mean, out in like 93. Two, 93, it was I think. Six, three years before so. Scream, but. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe 10, <laughs> 15. No, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. okay. I ain't so good at math. Ah, uh, numbers hurt my yeah. brain. Yes. <laughs> So wait, he's directing Iron Man. Yes. Previously, Whoa. his only directorial effort, as far as I know, is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which, which is, is phenomenal. Awesome. The DVD yeah. sits right behind us a foot away. As well it should. Yeah. As well it should. Should um, I pull it out just so our listeners can feel I, it? I also heard that, and I think this is on the commentary track for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but they had a really hard time getting insured because at the time, Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. were like the two most notorious wild men in Hollywood, you know, uh, with all their no, not Downey, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, not my that. favorite. <laughs> I don't believe it. Well, really, they couldn't get insurance for that. Or they had a hard time. They had a hard time doing it. Brandon, what's your favorite Downey role? <laughs> it was something like this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh. Gosh, less than zero. I was gonna say less than zero. <clears throat> yep, because uh, that's I felt like that was like his breakthrough, okay. and like that, like he, I saw that as in uh, when I was a little kid with my babysitter, because my parents left me with a babysitter when they were doing bowling league, and um, the movie kind of hit me hard because of the um, the bad ending, and uh, my babysitter and her boyfriend are like on the couch crying, and I was a little kid and I was like, oh my god, like. This didn't have the cliche ending, so it really stuck with me. And I just thought, I don't know, like the movie versus the book is shit, but the, like the lighting and like his performance was phenomenal. And I love Spader in it too. All that oh, being yeah. said, that's a total cover up because he loves Chaplin the most. I was no, gonna say I like it's, it, it's either Chaplin or U.S. Marshals. I like Chaplin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you got it. Up. Everybody's got to eat. It's okay. I know. 
It's all right. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he, he only got a house in New York for that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, love Downey. Yeah. We'll Actually, I, I, I love this comeback. Sign. I was going to say weird, weird sign. Yeah. Dude, he was phenomenal <clears throat> in that. The little smile he gives Kelly LeBrock at the party. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I give that to Snoo every night before bed. <laughs> and then she makes me sleep on the couch. And then there's more crying on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And occasional slur- slurpy dumping. Yeah. Yeah. That's dark days. Oh, I miss John Hughes. Oh. Did you see that documentary? Finding... Was it? No. Uh, I think it was. What's it called? The, what's the name of the fictitious I, I city? Won't for, wait, don't no, you forget about Don't me? you forget about me? Yeah. That's what it is. A documentary about trying to find John Hughes and figure yeah. out what the hell happened, and then he died, whatever, uh, before they actually were able to meet him. But very interesting. I think we've talked about this before too. Yeah. But there, it was interesting to me that John Hughes, John Landis, and John Carpenter, who were all awesome and on fire in the '80s, yes. just started to suck once yeah. the '90s hit and just kind of. Faded away. They I got have, comfortable. Why I have hopes think? that. I think it's because their first names are John. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's the, that's what I noticed, and it was like that. That's bizarre. And I was looking to see if there were three similarly named directors from the '80s who sucked and then did well in the '90s, but I couldn't put anything together. But I don't know. I I, I think it could be comfort. I don't know if that's it. But like you look at somebody like John Landis, who did in Carpenter too, that groundbreaking work, especially yeah. in horror, horror comedy. Right. Um, and then, you know, you go off and you do the stupids and carpool and yeah, then Carpenter's off doing uh, Ghosts of Mars, which is Vampires. one of the most painful movies I've ever seen. What about through. Beethoven? Eek. What? Um, yeah. Do you think that, like, honestly, I mean, do you, like, yeah. what is it about, like, art, art and there's such a line or interesting situation between uh, an artist... Finding like his time and an audience receiving it just right, you know, like there's there's such a fine balance there yeah. and like a magic, you know, that has to happen, you know, like and it can't last forever. I think, or can it? You know, I mean, like even uh, with Hitchcock, he had a really long run, but then sure. at the end he was failing too. So well, did Hitchcock knows how it's done. Did he lose uh, touch with you know like well, I think, I think audiences. That might or? be part of it, but I think. One of the things that I, I feel like you can look at the first Matrix movie and its two sequels, or the, the first three Star Wars movies and their sequels, and the thing that changed Ugh. is they were they were given everything. They were given yeah. trust. They were given yeah, money. Yeah. And then there's there's a there's lack of creativity. Prove. Exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think. Like yeah. you I have think... everything you need at your disposal, and you aren't forced to be creative and figure out a solution to problems. Like I like, can look right. at Star Wars, the original, you know, A New Hope or whatever, and still wonder like, how the hell did they do that? Right. And then you right. watch anything, and it's like, oh, it's, it's like when it's you're in, it's, it's like, like when you're that, insecure that with cool. something to prove, you do good work. I yeah. think so. But when so, you get uh, comfortable, you sloppy. You're right. I think that absolutely is a fueling. Uh, thing in me that I absolutely want to prove something. You know what I mean? Right. I want to be like, oh, you know, like a middle finger in the air, you know, or up a butt. I'm sorry. Yeah. Whoops. Oh, <laughs> like uh, you know what I mean? Like just come on. Can I sit on your lap? So you're right. Yeah. You know, if it's just like you know, you become complacent, then you're just right. like, or why bother? You know. So they, they mention that on the Matrix commentary. It's just the difference between being a, the challenger and the champion. Who? The, the champ. It was the like. Because they don't do commentary no, 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 tracks. The critics. The critics. Were oh, okay. The difference between I would agree. Well, yeah. No, go ahead. No, you go. Well, they, yeah, they just said that they, if you're the champion, you get you get comfortable, and then the challenger, they're always trying to find different ways to become better or, or sneak in or find weaknesses that haven't been exploited yet, you know? Someone, I think this is a UFC quote, actually. Like, someone uh, just got the belt and the title, and is like, you know, like, I just Brock Lesnar. The, the hardest fight of my life, you know, and I did it, you know, and it's like, 
no, you did not fight the hardest fight of your life. The next fight to retain your belt is going to be the hardest mm-hmm. fight of your life yeah. to prove it. You know, yep. like, and that I think is important. You know, because uh, getting to the top is one thing, but maintaining that there. is uh, absolutely horrifying. You know, and really challenging. So right. that's why I love Mike Patton. He's been on the top since you know what? Or James Cameron, eighty-nine. Yeah, oh, man, absolutely. I, you know what? Oh, and what's weird is I feel God. like every time Cameron does something, I. I doubt it. Like, it looks yeah. stupid to me. Yeah. Titanic? Are you kidding me? Number one movie for, for yeah. 10 years. <laughs> All right. And then Avatar, which looked totally ridiculous, comes out and blows that away. I think globally it beat it by a billion dollars. It, that made yeah. $2.7 billion. Yeah. We are either getting dumber or are we care less about story and we're just looking at pretty pictures now? I believe you you, you coined the phrase average tar. Average tar. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about I that? just like blue aliens. Yeah. I don't know. And Ryan and I have talked about this a lot too. And what he brought up that made a lot of sense to me is if we would have been 8 to 12 years old and seen Avatar, that would have been like our Dark Crystal. And I absolutely agree with that. So for us... 8 years old when I saw Dark Crystal. Yep, I was 8, I, I was eight when I saw Dark Crystal too. And so when I saw that movie, Dark Crystal, although the story may be pretty simple, they created a world that... I, I, I was like, where the hell did they go? Like, how did you do this? And Avatar is essentially... The same, the same thing. And then I started thinking about it after you said it, and I started reading a lot about Dark Crystal from these old magazines that we started buying back issues of Cinefantastique. And if you look at it, they, they, the Dark Crystal, they even were going to have the Gelflings be blue at first, and then they decided to make them flesh toned. Like there are so many similarities. Yes, to the you know, Kira dies and comes back. That character, whatever. Well, there's, Avatar. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's you know, so many similarities between right. it, where so much of what's uh, meant to be organic life looks like it came from the bottom of the ocean. And obviously, James Cameron's super influenced by that. He spent all those years doing the documentaries. But it just didn't feel like there was anything new there for me. And the 3D didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Be- well, the 3D was actually pretty best good. Best live-action I mean... 3D I've seen to this point, honestly. And I know it was gimmicky, but it was my bloody Valentine 3D. I had a, bl- <laughs> I had a blast in the theater, live-action. And we talked about that. last month, uh, T2 3D. Oh, yeah. 3D was pretty spectacular. That was pretty great. Yes. That was pretty great. The, the, the ride at, the, at Universal. The Universal Studios? Yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. You guys never you know. saw that? Yeah, I saw it. It was amazing. Was the fun. only 3D film I saw all year was Jackass 3D, too. That was well, fun. I liked uh, Adventures uh, uh, in Space Babysitting? Hunter. Uh, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone in 3D, <laughs> which is pretty, with, uh, you know, speaking back to, uh, um, what's we call it, John uh, Hughes. What's, yeah. her, uh, what's her nets? The chick from Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald in it, and uh, Michael Ironside. That's right. Oh, yeah. really? It's pretty awful. I remember. Um, but I remember like the the glasses and just being like, oh man, yeah, it's so great. Um, I remember John Hughes was the first director I ever followed and like looked up other stuff that he had done and Same tracked here. them all really? down. That was like that. Cause I was right when I was getting, I guess, into IMDb. Or I don't know how I even found him, but I was like, I like this guy's movies. I'm gonna see more of them. Whereas otherwise, I would just see movies that I happened to come across or people would recommend. But he was the first one that, like, he had a signature on his movies. You he know? was the first one in the 80s that I recognized, you know, we either was writing or directing, and it all started with National Lampoon's Vacation. And I was like, he's always using Michael Anthony Hall. He's, no, no, no. <laughs> he's in the 16 Candles. He's doing the teen films. He's always yeah. doing, you know, Molly Ringwald. Figures. Yes. It's interesting. I, uh, I got into, like, movie names through effects. 
You know, yes. like I like Absolutely. learned like who you know Stan Winston was because of the Terminator. You know, right. and I'm like, oh, a new Stan Winston movie. You know, and then I'd start to learn who the directors were of these movies because of the effects. Like I knew Rob Bettine worked on Legend. Oh boy, yeah. he did the thing. You know, like I, and, I agree that was and, a huge um, part of it. Yeah. You know, Me that's too. that's why I first started like memorizing names from movies. You know, and now it's like. Uh, like Amazing how inter- interconnected everybody is, you know. Yeah, there are very few directors that I can think of that I'll go see something because they did it. But if I know who did the effects and they've done something previously that oh, I, I like, I will I will check it out. Absolutely, for me too. But like, I mean, there are directors absolutely that I would go. I mean, Avatar. I, to be honest, I did not really want to see Avatar. You know, like, no. but it's James Cameron. You know, no. he did some of my favorite movies of absolutely. all fucking yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, you know, how could you not? You know, and. It was an absolutely averagely sufficient movie, you know, I mm-hmm. think, but uh, whatever, you know, I'll see. Can you more. guys name a James Cameron movie you disliked? Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the Abyss. Piranha 3D? Oh, okay. I'm, too, I'm sorry, Piranha 2. Piranha 2, the sorry. Spawning. I didn't like, I didn't like, no, I didn't see it. I, I, I didn't like Titanic. Titanic. Like, I, I'm just kind didn't of see blue warm up Titanic. I, didn't, I wouldn't say I specifically dislike it. Like, there weren't any that pissed me off or I thought they were dumb. Like, yeah. Titanic, I just, I just didn't. I got it, you know. I got dumped good. by an ex-girlfriend right before it came out. So oh, it was little, okay. yeah, I mean, like True Lies, I thought, I mean, was not that great, <laughs> but like yeah. it was pretty damn epic. Yeah, and right. you know, like as a film, and it's I know what he's trying to do. Yeah. I mean, he really does like really try to infuse character into his action, you know, because that's the only way you can make action work. Yeah. I think is we care about the characters and. Um, you know, I mean, for God's sake, a nuclear weapon goes off in the Florida Keys. I mean, that's pretty awesome at the end of the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's pretty bold. I don't know. Let's let's go back to Uva Bowl for a second. Bowl, oh yeah. no, because I absolutely will check <laughs> out whatever he does. <laughs> yeah, okay. I will. I, I mean, it's this guy. This is this is our Ed Wood. Yeah. If I had an opportunity to work on this guy's film, I really would. You I think, could. That chick knows him I really well. I think he's really interesting. That, uh, I listen to the Bates. Creative Screenwriting Podcast Hi, with John. him. I think he's a really smart guy. Right. And he's funny. Yeah. I, I think he's really funny. And I just think, here's a guy who has the resources but is missing. He's missing something. Right. He's obviously passionate, right. and how the hell does he keep getting his movies financed? But you know, I, I'm kind of rooting for him. I kind of want him to get one where people are like, "Okay, wow, well, yeah. that, that was that was pretty good." Right. But man, the guy's a machine. He's got like three movies a year. They just keep you, coming out. Do you think that that? And he any boxes? What's that? Any boxes? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Notorious um, for fighting his critics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Are, do you think he gets maybe a bad rap, or his movies as bad as people say they are? His yeah. movies are bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think he gets a bad rap in that people don't give his movies a chance before they criticize them. I right. think that's unfair. Right. But the criticism at the same he, time is he valid it to some degree. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, I don't think he's actually trying to make a good movie. I don't think he really has any uh, artistic aspirations. I think he's just trying to uh, get a film done. If you've seen Rampage or Tunnel Rats, I really think he's trying to turn a corner and tell a story. I I think he's he's done this stuff, but this dude did a film called Tunnel Rats. Film history, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's about the guys in the war who dug the trenches under enemy lines and tried to set off explosives and stuff like that. You own it, don't you? I don't own it. It is on instant cue. Check it out. But I think I think he's an interesting character, so I, I want to see what he does. Cause yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of rooting for the guy. Yeah, underdog. Who else? Underdog. Who else? Yeah. What about are you Sam Raimi? Anything he does, anything he does, I'll be a boop there in a second. Grop loves M Night Shyamalan. My, my man. <laughs> 
Is that really happening? (laughs) (laughs) Is Mark Wahlberg talking Uh, to a plant? Honestly, honestly, that is his film that I've enjoyed the most. The Happening, because it was so bad. And I love how he changed his tone, um, M. Night, when it came out. And he's like, no, this is, you know, this is a really serious film. And then everybody saw it. And he's like, no, it's supposed to be like a B-movie throw. You guys thought I was... No. Mark Wahlberg is outacted by a plastic plant. <laughs> it happens on screen. <sighs> there for everybody. It didn't people happen are, in Boogie Nights, people though. People are trying to outrun, uh, outrun wind. They're like standing in a field like, Shh, here it comes, and they start running from How do they know wind. when wind is coming? Because they see like the wheat start to rustle. Oh, oh man. man. It's so bad. Like, you know what? That <laughs> happened on Girl Scout oh, yeah, cookies, coming. now that I think about it. <laughs> running from the wind? Yeah. We were against the wind, like Bob. The Seger. wind from the wallet opening and nothing, just this <laughs> vacuous suck coming out of it. Dark days. I, I, they were talking. There's a South Park commentary where they're talking about the day after tomorrow about how uh, global warming that. literally chases a character down a hallway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Nice. Absolutely. Uh, but ha- the happening is kind of along those lines. Uh, uh, yeah. Like... It's fantastic trash. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> trash. Where, 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 yes, nature is now a monster in the movie. They yeah. sold me on the trailer, though. I saw the trailer. I wanted to see yeah, it. Sure, a good oh, yeah. Piece of, fantastic. Good piece of yeah. Too much CO2. Yeah. 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 Right. It's going to get me. Oxygen's gonna kill you. Cool. But I guess uh, recently Ryan and I, with a couple of friends, started up a production outfit, Outpost Thirty One Productions. Did uh, the effects work for Potpourri and some gags and in harm's way. Uh, please check us out on Facebook, Outpost Thirty One Productions. And uh, we, and we dope sick and uh, bloodshed love. Yep. Pleasure working oh. with you guys on that. It was Thank a lot you. of fun. Good opportunities. I a lot of fun. I still would like to have more opportunities to do weird things, and I think we will in the future. Absolutely. Well, I'll be over Monday with the wife. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to cast your wife's entire head. I just want to speak to uh, Outpost 31, how fun it is if you show up not knowing exactly what you want, and then you can just kind of tap into these crazy guys who will come up with ideas that are beyond even your expectations. So you don't you don't have to have a a grand plan for what you're going to do, be it a head ripping off or a Have a minor monster. idea. Right, you let just, them you need, take you the need ball a nugget and, and then they I would liken it to the final destination 2 script where it says the yes. carnage is immeasurable. Yes. Uh, Ryan Yes, Tim. you don't have to figure it out cuz we will. You yep. know, you know, like it yes, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, Jinx. Oh. But like um but yes, absolutely. If you, uh, you know, zombie carnage. Hey, <laughs> what if we did this? You know, that's what I like more than anything about. What if like, Mo Waswell? That'd be awesome. You know? Basically, the bottom line is what we're trying to do with the company is create what I would or we would want to see on screen. We've seen a lot of cool stuff, you know, and we I think want to uh, push it and and again see what I, I, you know as major film buffs. Yeah, see what we want to see. We're movie fans. Yeah. We, we want to see this. We want to work on stuff that we want to watch at the end absolutely. of the day. And we want to help people yep. get get that on screen. Yep, absolutely. And and thanks and for help. helping us out. I love the collaboration. Yeah, no, of The course. Steel Vengeance, was that just... Was that a blast? Totally. Oh my like god, best, dude. One of the best times I've ever had. Critter down at filming. the pool with yeah. five hot girls. I was slightly cops uh, here with a shotgun. I, I was mean, slightly uh, the best day of filming I've ever had. Freaked out there, but yeah, that was that was pretty good. That's all right. And in a twisted bit of trivia, Ryan and I play the characters that kill my son on screen. So oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I know, dude. It does not get any darker than that. That is weird. When when you go to get in the van for that, I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, oh, "I'm gonna be." I'm like. Oh, 
anybody's going to kill him, it's me. If anyone's going to kill my kid, it's me. I was like, the role should be reversed there. I've been meaning to talk to you about that because I do some volunteering for Child Protective Services, and, and uh, my manager thinks that maybe that you, you know you need an evaluation or something because that's a little scary. Yeah, you mowed down your own yeah, son in a movie. Horn's got all the picture. Horn's got blackmail. Also, uh, last note. Um, uh, Chris and I have a scene in the jail cell at uh, in Potpourri coming out soon. Oh, it's delicious. So just wanted to say... Stop, stop. But, and that, that should be said, too. The scene on the page existed totally differently, yeah, and you no were willing idea. to listen to ideas and take it in a totally different direction, and that was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did. That was, well, a, that was probably I, the weirdest I, day. <laughs> we might have to do another podcast because I want to talk more about that. Well, you guys could just talk uh, yeah. like that. And we'll, that was you know. unbelievable. Uh, that was Janelle, so you weird. guys made Janelle kid total go nuts. failure or she total success. Oh, Ryan, sure. Ryan Kaiser was just sitting there laughing his ass off. Yeah. Well, he had been up for two days. Was going on? Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> going on two years now. LA scum. Well, hey, this has been episode six with uh, the one and only. Chris Grapp, Ryan Shadley, here with uh, Ellie Davini, and I'm Brandon, and we're signing out. Bye. Bye.